DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Big games for BYU and Utah this week. I suppose it's a big game for Utah State as well. They're in first place in their division, but uh, both you and I, PK, feel like they ought to be able to handle Hawaii at home. Hawaii's only road win is at New Mexico State, so Utah State ought to get that done. We do have the poll questions up uh, um, on my Twitter handle, David DJ James. Pick your winners. We've got about 100 votes for each of these. we got uh, Utah State. 89% of the people believe they're going to win. 60% think the Utes take down the Bruins, but 40% think UCLA will win. And Kalani and the Cougars getting 60% of the vote, while Bronco and the Cavs are getting 40% of the vote. So go ahead and vote. We'll track that all morning long and uh, see how much confidence, see how much faith you got in the local teams. We're getting a little more here, PK, a little more feedback on uh, <laughs> on what <laughs> on what Tom Holmes should be dressed as. Uh, we just had a guy send us, and he didn't do it, he, but someone else posted this, that Tom should go dressed as the Pac-12 football trophy. Why? Well, because they're 4-0 against the Pac-12. Okay, gotcha. And they're looking to rub it in. So if you've got a uh, if you got something Tom should do something Tom should wear for his Halloween costume, it'll be out on social media later today or tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what his plan is. But yeah, Brent sent that in. Maybe Tom, who came from uh, Cougar Stats, maybe Tom should come dressed as Pac-12 trophy for Halloween this year, or celebrate entry into the Big 12. How do you dress as the Big 12? You dress like as the Big 12 logo or something, some jumpsuit with the Big 12 logo on it. I don't know what the Big 12 logo is, so I can't answer that. I don't know that there would be anything out there as far as what is the Big 12. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a good uh, response to that. I like the Pac-12 trophy because right now they do have a half-game lead in the South. No, I guess they got a full-game lead. Yeah, BYU They're at 4-0. 4-0 and, yeah. Utah at 3-1, ASU at 3-1. So, yeah, they've got a full-game lead and they got the tiebreakers. Because they beat Utah and ASU. <laughs> and they still got USC coming up in the season finale. Uh, one of the weirder stories of the week, PETA wants Major League Baseball to change the name of bullpen to arm barn for animal sensitivity reasons. Your response, please. <laughs> BK, when I saw that story, honestly, I was going through Twitter and I saw it and I thought it was from The Onion. And I thought, oh, that's pretty clever. That's a pretty funny fake headline. I didn't get that it was real. I had to go back and read it a second time. Oh, wait. They're serious. Kurt doesn't seem too, uh, too worried about the sensitivity thing because he posted, well, we could call it the gut pile. That's disgusting, Kurt. Now, what's P to stand for? People for the ethical treatment of animals. Or in other people's minds, people eating tasty animals. Uh, that joke has been made. <laughs> But in what way is calling it the bullpen unethical towards animals? Apparently, the bullpen is where the animals are kept before they go to slaughter. But I didn't know they slaughtered bulls. I thought they slaughtered steers, so I never took it that way. I thought the bullpen was literally where they penned up the bull on the, you know, farm. Well, this should be near and dear to your heart. You were in 6-H as a kid, weren't you? That would be 4-H. Don't mock and make fun like that. Look at you ripping my childhood. (laughs) 
And yes, and we I had friends no who had a dairy farm. We had friends who had a dairy farm, and we went up there. Uh, Donnie and Andy and I, Donnie and Andy Rowland, went up there and climbed up on the edge of the bullpen and looked down at the bull. And why kids who are like 10, 9, and 7 or whatever we are were sitting up on the edge of a bullpen 8 feet in the air, that probably wasn't a great idea. But whatever. We live to talk about it. Craig says, no way. The word barn triggers my sensitivity toward animal housing. I mean captivity. Maybe that area at a baseball stadium should be referred to as arm-free range grazing area. And before any pitcher entered the field, we would just need to make sure the arm was raised locally and led a fulfilling life. (laughs) Oh, brother. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I think he's laying it on thick for comedy there, PK. Brian says, honestly, yeah, right. Brian says, honestly, the arm barn is hilarious. I'm with him. I thought that was funny. I could actually see where someone who didn't want to call it the bullpen started calling it the arm barn. The way you like to give things their own nickname and give it your own spin. I'm surprised someone hasn't called it the arm barn before. Head on up to the arm barn. But it's not just an area, though. It's also a, a term to use of throwing on off days for pitchers. Yeah. So how would you do that? I, they, when they say they got a bullpen session, you know mm-hmm. what that means. Right, right. And also it's a group of people, right? So-and-so's uh, bullpen, whatever team, their bullpen is bad. Oh, their bullpen's Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Bad. Okay, okay. Their yeah, bullpen yeah, is yeah. deep. And it's a group of people. If you, if you tell me their bullpen is deep, I assume, well, they got a closer. They got an eighth-inning guy. They, they probably got lefties and righties who get them through the sixth and seventh, depending on the lineup. Their bullpen's deep. Well, in these days, they got a fourth-inning guy. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> and, and then there's the bullpen game, right? That's just That's become a thing. Hey, yeah. But see, I could see that. That's where I could see it. I could actually use it. Hey, it's an arm barn game. <laughs> it's not bad. Brian, though, disagrees. He says, I feel dumber for having heard this. (laughs) Of all the causes in the world, and I'm all for the ethical treatment of animals, I have a friend who's in the health industry, Uh and she says that you can tell a person's character by the way they treat animals, not meaning pets. Yeah, uh, you know, you're not gonna not not the way you treat lions because you're not gonna probably be in a <laughs> no. But it's like, even treating if, lions, even if you're not cat or dog person, when you hear a story, you know, there's some story in the news about somebody mistreating whatever a cat or whatever dog. Hey, if you got any level of decency, don't you flinch a little bit? Like, what are you doing? And and you're probably more hands on because you have the dog and you've got the the dog walking area and the the park area thing to go to and you see all these other people with dogs. So if you see somebody there not behaving right with their pet, I mean, that ought to bug you. Almost definitely, yes. And they and she says that that's how you could tell a person how they are as as literally as a person in the way they treat the animals slash pets. I thought about that, and I thought, eh, I don't really know anybody who's mistreated animals, and I don't know that I want to know anybody. Would I want <laughs> right? that person yeah. as a friend if you're mistreating no. your your animals that you have in everyday life? That that would be just awful. Why would you do that? Well, if you're really up for the ethical treatment of animals, you know, you could eat less meat or, or be a vegetarian and eat no meat or go vegan because the animal's in captivity, you know, chickens laying eggs in cages their whole lives. I mean, that would, be, that would seem to have way more impact than whatever term we use to describe relief pitchers or the area that relief pitchers warm up in. 
That would have way more impact. <laughs> we got to pick our battles, man. The arm barn. But you got to admit, the arm barn rolls off the tongue. Uh, I, I don't know where they came up with that. I don't know that I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think I would just call them relievers, I guess, or something. Scotty says in matters of importance, this should be very low. It would be a great world if this was the most pressing issue with animal rights. It would be a beautiful world. And in a sense, it is a beautiful world. There's a lot of things wrong, but there's a lot of things right. You know, that's what we, we see that on social media. If anything goes wrong, we point that out, and, and deservedly so. But we, we're a little bit hesitant to point out all the great things. If you listen yep. to a lot of people, there's a, a whole bunch of people who just don't get along based on the way they look. Well, yeah, there's some of that, and each mistreatment of that is awful. I'm not going to deny that. But there's also a lot of good and a lot of people who don't look like each other, yet they are treating people who don't look like them absolutely to the best. But we don't tend to hear that. And there's a group of people, man. Anything goes wrong anywhere from Maine all the way down to Chula Vista and everywhere in between. Something goes wrong, man. They go crazy on it. Meanwhile, there's all sorts of stuff that's going wrong, but they overlook some of that stuff. And we certainly rarely hear about things that are going right. Those people who share the stuff going right, they're just too sunny. (laughs) Happy upbeat people, please. Who are you and what have you done with DJ? I keep it real. I'm from Jersey. (laughs) It would be nice if we saw some good stuff out there. Now, it doesn't excuse the bad stuff, and I am not saying that that should be overlooked by any stretch. But, man, we've we've literally had uh, all sorts of millions of dollars of destruction when things go wrong. And and, uh, how about we talk about a little bit when things go right? Maybe get a little balance there. Doesn't excuse any of that other stuff, so... All those folks who want to come at me, you're going to come at me and not what I say because you've already made up your mind and you believe you already know what's in my heart, which is interesting. And I do get that. But nevertheless, uh, I think there's some good stuff out there. And maybe we ought to just give us a sneak preview of that occasionally. Channel 2 every Wednesday night, PK. Well, actually, you want the good stuff every time the Jazz play. They're 4-0. There you go. What does it say? (laughs) We didn't do a what does it say segment today. (laughs) Would you like to take a minute? What does it say that the Jazz are 4 0? It says that Houston's terrible. Houston's just awful. It's not not about Houston, though. It's just, I'm going to keep banging that drum all season, man. It is, it's about this team. That's what it's about. When you're this good, it's about you. It says the Jazz are good. You can say there's a lot of bad teams, but you got to be really good to get the separation from the really bad. If you were mediocre, all these games wouldn't be easy. If you were mediocre, you might blow a 26-point lead and lose to Oklahoma City. Well, and the Lakers are only mediocre right now. LeBron's out and is brand new. Let's see if they're mediocre in March. Let's see if they're healthy in March. And I would let's look see if at Sacramento. Mediocre. Sacramento yeah. beat Phoenix in Phoenix. But if you're taking care of all of the bad teams, then you're pretty good. Yeah, I think when you are of this level of talent, it is, it's about you. And one thing it says about the Jazz is if I'm Pascal, I wear that little Band-Aid on the side of my face. Make it a trademark. 
<laughs> That's what you're going for? I would wear that. Was that a Halloween costume thing? Hey, he played very well last night. Did he not? I think he did. Yeah. I was excited to watch him play for what he did. He's got a bulky body. He knows how to use it. He can shoot. Now, I'm not talking all-stars or anything anything on that, but there's going to be a time. We know it's going to be a time that there's going to be two guys out of the rotation, whether they're a bench guy or a starter or both, or both bench guys in the rotation, both starters, whatever it might be. We know that that's going to happen, right? It's already hit the Lakers, and we're not even a week into it, right? <laughs> so uh, that's just a fact of life in the NBA. Something's coming down the road. Uh, and to have a kid like Pascal who can come in and play, I think that helps you. Absolutely. Well, Jazz are already down one rotation, guys, so two isn't a reach until Rudy Gay gets back. I think the assumption is he's a rotation guy. Maybe I shouldn't make that assumption. Maybe it won't work out like that, but that's what we all assume when they signed him. He's a rotation guy. So they're down one rotation guy right now, right out of the gate. So two's not a reach. It'll happen. Well, two and three I'm talking about, not just one. I'm talking about two. Yeah. And to well, have a kid like him you know, who can do his thing, I think is very important. We don't know for sure, but I think the assumption among all of us is that Mike Conley isn't playing back-to-back, so he'll be out for either the Chicago or the Milwaukee game, if that's true, Saturday or why are, Sunday. Why are we assuming that? Because he sat him out last year and still had problems with the hamstrings and that they're going to do everything they can to keep him healthy because they're much better when he – is healthy than when he isn't. And it's easier to lose him for one game than have him sit down for two, three, or four weeks, depending on how the hamstrings are. Yeah, but there's no guarantee. I mean, if there was a guarantee, I agree. sure. There, isn't. there yeah. isn't a guarantee. But he didn't do the hot yoga till now. <laughs> the hot yoga. Thank you, Joe Johnson. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe there's something to it. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, no. Joe was, Joe was 100% serious that there was something to it. And I did a story on it at the time and asked him about it, and he shot me kind of a sideline look like, I'm going to tell you about this, but you better not just make fun of me and screw around with this. Uh, but he was, he was 100% into it, and it was a veteran. I forget which one it was, but when he was younger, when he was younger, it was easy. As he got a little older, he started to have a few issues, and there was a veteran who said, you got to do yoga. And he was kind of skeptical, and he did it. And I don't know if you're sweating out the impurities. I don't know the science of it or how it works. But he said he had a lot less soft tissue issues as far as uh, little muscle pulls or cramping up or any of that stuff. Extend- he, he felt like it absolutely extended his career, made him healthier and more reliable. He was all in on it. To the point, I think they built a yoga room in the facility when they redid it. I don't know if it's okay. still there or if they repurposed it, but at the time I was told they did. So I'm penciling an 82 for Mike Conley. And this is an entirely new Mike Conley. He's doing the hot yoga. Yes, he's got the afro. I feel like I'm in the 70s. He's Oscar Gamble. (laughs) Oscar Gamble. Actually, one of the Padre accounts I follow (laughs) tweeted out old-time photos. Tweeted out a photo yesterday of Oscar Gamble stepping out of the dugout. That's weird that you bring up Oscar Gamble today. I haven't thought of Oscar Gamble in years. Now twice in two days. Way to go. <laughs> Didn't he have the massive fro? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Well, aren't we seeing Mike Conley with a fro? Is that not yeah. a fro? Yeah, yeah, back to the future. Yeah. He's got the Oscar Gamble look going. I, mean, I don't know I, if Mike's 
don't know if Mike's old enough to know Oscar Gamble. Well, how about this then? Right now, he's the sixth Jackson. <laughs> I'd stick with Oscar Gamble. Well, he certainly knows the Jackson 5. Everybody knows the Jackson 5. Everybody knows the Jackson 5. (laughs) So so if he doesn't know Oscar Gamble, Mike Conley's the Jackson 6. I'm surprised no one has asked him about it. He's got that fro going on. He's 6'1". He's like 6'8 now. I think it looks awesome. That's Fletch reference. Fletch reference right there, people. Stay with us. I love the fro on Conley. It works. It works for me. Well, that's I like probably what throw, he's going for. Yeah. I like to throw better than the hair he had before. Well, we'll see if he sticks with it. You're there for oh, all his fashion choices. He must. Have they lost with the fro? Nope. Do you think that it's just a, a coincidence for, for the fro? That didn't roll off the tongue as well as you hoped. I mean, five for the fight is nice, but how about four for the fro? Four down, five to go. They're working on five now. Chicago tomorrow night for five and oh. If he cuts it, right, they're D- not going to get it. DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. When we come back, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and we'll talk with him about the Jazz 4-0 start and the Bulls Saturday, the Bucks Sunday, back-to-back on the road. We're broadcasting live, 4646 South State Street in Murray. It's Murdoch Hyundai, the Salt Lake City. Now, they are from Logan to Linden. They're up in Bountiful. they got Murdoch dealerships. Murdoch Auto Group is all over the Wasatch Front, covering all the metropolitan areas. So wherever you are, there is a Murdoch dealership close to you. they got $1,000 bonus cash on the 2022 Elantra or Sonata. Also, you can come in and reserve your brand-new 2022 Tucson or Santa Cruz today. They are going quickly, so it'll be hard to walk in and buy one. But you can come in and reserve a 2022 Tucson or Santa Cruz today. Murdoch Hyundai, Salt Lake City. We're here till 10 a.m. We've got a lot of jazz gear. You want jazz T-shirts, jazz caps. There's a Rudy Gobert special edition shirt, although it looks like we're down to one of those. Get the last one if you head in right now. 4646 South State Street in Murray. For over 95 years, Utah's trusted the Murdoch Auto Group with quality vehicles and great customer service. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and David Locke is next. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's Football Friday. We got tickets to college football games all day long here on The Zone. Half past every hour this hour, it is BYU tickets. Caller number 12 right now is going to the game Saturday night in Provo. Virginia and BYU Broncos return. We got a couple of tickets. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Caller number 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. We got you tickets coming up in the next hour at 930. And we'll have tickets all day long. 30 minutes past every hour right here on the Zone Sports Network. 
David Locke coming up here in a couple of minutes. He will join us and talk about the Jazz. Actually, he's going to join us right now, apparently. David Locke, his weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And David joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning is underway. You can take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out the best estate award winner, Smart Rain, at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Good morning, David and Patrick. What Hello. is up? Well, the Jazz are, again, by 20. We're undefeated in the second quarter. And nobody else is. I know. 29 teams have a loss, and the Jazz are 4-0. And they have dispatched some of these teams with ease as certainly they did with the Houston Rockets and so I'm curious how much you see how many things you really believe and how much you're waiting for a better test and there could be a couple of them this weekend with the Bulls on Saturday and then the Bucks, the defending champs on Sunday uh, what do you know for sure and what do you expect to start learning with better competition this weekend well I mean I think uh, both can be true right so you can, we can see some things and learn some things and at the same time be pretty honest about who we've played. But what was eye-opening to me was we, Ron Boone and I on the plane always watch our opponent's last game. So we watched Houston play Dallas. And in that game, Dallas is pretty good, right? Uh, Houston ran up and down the floor. They were athletic. They are quick. Uh, they they were running it down Dallas's throat. They were getting early looks. They were able to run their sets. Um, they had some old school sets in there. You know, kind of Ron was like, "Oh, look at Silas old school." Um, that you know, you could see what Houston was trying to do as a team, and none of that, none of that, took place last night. And that's not just because Houston was off, which they you know they probably were, but. It was because of the way the Jazz play and how they impact the game. The, the Jazz just dictate the game. They're that so they're that good. Like the level of difference between what I would say is Dallas versus Utah right now is that Dallas is talented enough that they'll go beat Houston. Utah's so good that they actually changed the game and Houston couldn't play. Houston wants to get out and run. They played eighty eight percent of their possessions in the half court last night. League average is eighty. They want to be at about seventy six. Uh, they have to get out. And then they scored about 0.5 points per half-court possession, which is you know crazy low. So, you know, I think that's what my takeaway was last night, is that the Jazz are just so good that they dictate the games. And they did the same thing to the Thunder. And really, when it got down to it, they did the same thing to the Kings. Do you have or what are your early season expectations for this team? Oh, I mean, I think they're better than everybody else. I mean, or as good as, I mean, like, there's, they're better than most people. So my early season expectations is that they just, that they win and that they, um, you know, do we beat Chicago and Milwaukee? I don't know. And do we beat Miami and there's, I don't remember, the, Atlanta? I don't know. Those teams are pretty good. You, if you if you are favored to win in those games, you're going to be favored by one or two. Certainly not at Milwaukee and probably not at Miami. So you you can lose some of these and, it's not, I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, I don't expect us to actually go into Milwaukee and win, Atlanta and win, and Miami and win this year. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I think we're going to win. The signature of Quinn Snyder's teams have been that we beat lesser opponents at a very high rate. 
and I would suspect that that continues. And then you're just keeping, you know, Quinn's just on this improvement kick that they're working to, to get better at things. And uh, but they have such continuity uh, that that they there are fewer obvious things to work on for the Jazz than most teams. The starting lineup started 70th game together last night over since they've been together since 1920. That's the most of any starting unit in the NBA since 1920. Number two is Dallas, excuse me, is Denver, but it's the lineup that has Gary Harris and Paul Millsap in it. So they're just going to continue to stretch this, you know, most starts of any group. Now, other teams will get them, but as of right now, the Jazz just have a continuity that other teams don't have. Um, and even if you think about it, we've returned our top seven guys. And I was talking to Justin Zanuck about this uh, at midcourt last night before the game. Did, you know, if we go back to the Stockton Malone era, I'm not sure they were returning their top seven guys very often. Like, I feel like we traded, you know, maybe for a little bit there, but, you know, Howard Isley took a little bit of a run in the backup point guard thing that was changing. And we had Greg Foster and we had Antoine Carr and we had our various backup bigs that kind of, played in and out and we had that run of Chris Morris, David Benoit, Brian Russell group that may or may not have, you know, I'd have to go back and look if we really had the same group ever, but we've had the same seven man rotation now for three seasons. So the jazz are four and Oh, they're the only undefeated team. The bulls are in the next group. They are four and one. Now they've beaten the Pistons twice, the Pelicans and the Raptors. That's not the, toughest group of teams ever they just lost to the Knicks crazy finish as they score 12 in a row but needed 14 to win the game so they end up losing by a point how good are the Bulls and what do you expect the Jazz to do in Chicago um, I mean I think they're an Eastern Conference play-in team maybe I don't think they're the sixth best team but maybe Boston doesn't look very good so maybe they're the maybe they're a playoff team um, they've you know they've improved their talent level a great deal I think we saw in one of their wins earlier where Zach Levine had the highest usage rate in the fourth quarter of any player in the league last year, and I think number two in the clutch behind Donovan. And, you know, you saw DeMar DeRozan make some plays, just freeze up the burden, and you've seen overall on that roster, kind of interestingly with Vukovic, DeMar DeRozan, and Levine, all three players who has the number one option on bad teams have been heavily criticized for being inefficient suddenly have their usage rate drop and their efficiency increase, and they all suddenly look like way better players when they're surrounded by other players. So I think they're, they're, they're good. They're really long. And this is maybe if you were to ask me my number one concern on us and there's nothing we can do about it, that's how small we are. And, um, you know, Rudy's mammoth, and he covers up a lot of stuff, and Whiteside's doing a great job of that also. But we're just not very big. And size is king in this league and you're seeing it even in Cleveland right now Cleveland's starting basically three seven footers and nobody can score on them like that they're going in and surprising everyone because you go up and play them and when they have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Laurie Markin and not three like great players all in the court at the same time there's absolutely no room and when they roll out you know Lonzo Ball's what six five Alex Crusoe's six five DeMar DeRozan's about six six seven and then um, Vukovic is seven feet, and Zach Levine's you know six. That, depending on you know their guard line is going to be long, and then obviously they're they're kind of missing that Thaddeus Young four piece. And Patrick Williams hurt his wrist last night. He's six nine, 
So maybe they're going to have to play smaller and it won't be as big a problem. But, you know, then we go for Brooke Lopez plays. When you go play Milwaukee, they're seven feet, seven feet. I mean, they're mammoth. Um, with Giannis and Brooks. So that, those are the one things that, that's the one thing that I look at on us is we're, we're just, we're not very big and we haven't been, it's been a problem and we're not going to grow. So we're just going to have to figure it out. I thought sometimes when Joe came off the bench, he wasn't as effective as he was as a starter. But so far, coming off the bench, obviously the Sacramento game doesn't count because of what happened. But otherwise, he's been very effective playing at a high level. It's just a small sample, obviously. But coming off the bench this season seems to be more comfortable. Do you think there's something to that? That's a good point, PK. He was great last night, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah I think so. Um, I, I feel as though he's running a little less pick and roll. Um, which I like. Um, I just he's nice that pick and roll, and the you know the fake and scoop is great, and there's some things he does well. But he's not actually better at that than our other guys. So it's a nice third option if that makes sense. But if you actually look at the numbers, like he's good, he's just as good as Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, but he's way better as a shooter. Do you understand? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if Joe comes off the pick and roll and is driving and working the pick and roll and somebody else is in Joe's spot as a shooter, that's a downgrade. But Joe as the ball handler is equal to Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell or even Jordan Clarkson as the ball handler on the pick and roll. So I love what I'm seeing right now, which is a little less pick and roll from Joe. It's a little less burden, more catch and shoot, more early catch and shoot. He's the number one player in the NBA in effective field goal percentage in the first seven seconds of the clock over the last four seasons. So get out early, take it early, get out and, and, and use your, he's a 50% catch and shoot shooter, 50%. And I would say the biggest problem with this catch and shoot game is he can't pass to himself. So I think there's a little of that going on. I don't know that Joe, I think Joe likes to have the ball in his hand. So there's going to have to be a little dance there. Um, But I, yeah, I think he's been great so far this year. And, um, seems in a really good place. Um, he can be grumpy and doesn't seem it. David Locke, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz are playing back-to-back, and we were just talking about Mike Conley. Are they going to have him play back-to-backs and reduce the minutes in them? Are they likely to sit him for one of the two games? If so, do you have an idea which one? How do you think they are going to use Mike and try to protect his health? Because Nobody wants him out for two, three, four weeks because of hamstring issues. My understanding, though I've not been told officially, is that Mike will not play back-to-backs this year. Um, it seemed like it worked pretty well last year, so I'm not sure why you would change it. So that seems it's just kind of almost implied around the group. Um, and then whether it's Trent Forrest or Jared Butler will be interesting to watch. Uh, Butler obviously brings the scoring. Trent brings the defense and passing. Uh, it's so interesting to watch these two guys. If you could combine them into one, they'd be Drew Holiday, probably better. I mean, they really are. Like, like Trent's got all the strength and really good vision passing and um, gets in the lane beautifully, and Jared's got the handle and step back three and just natural catch and shoot. And, and if you combine those, you'd have just one heck of a player. Um, so I think my I would guess Mike sits against Milwaukee only because I don't, think you're manipulating the schedule that just you take it as it is there's a funky one for us by the way our back end of back-to-backs this year are against all of the best teams in the nba like if you run down the list they're like they're milwaukee miami i think um the lakers 
a Denver back-to-back. It gets all the best teams in the NBA in the back end of back-to-backs. Um, and they're all at Brooklyn, and they're almost all on the road, um, which are games that you weren't really expected to win in the first place. So it's an interesting question of whether you doctor the schedule to try to go win those games in some way, which I actually would be against because I think beating Houston's just as important. Um, and then, or whether you just play the schedule as it is and Mike sits out on those back end, the back-to-backs against the best teams. How much do you think the 4-0 start is attributed to Mike Conley having an afro? Isn't that cool? <laughs> yes. so good. I see, DJ. Like, I guys told guys you. PK dropped an Oscar. Like... PK dropped an Oscar Gamble reference earlier this morning. So that's oh, strong. School. But Oscar right. Gamble's reference uh, Afro was like way bigger, way bigger. Not like sort of, like way bigger. Right. Go look it but up. That took, it's not close. That took years to grow. Mike is just starting this. Check back in four years. Right. And the more impressive thing is that Oscar Gamble somehow wore a baseball cap. Oh, it was perched up there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. <laughs> and, like, how did he run? Very well. He was a good player. Salt Lake trending on Google, Oscar Gamble. That, that, if Oscar Gamble starts trending in Salt Lake right now, DJ and PK, you've really made it. Because I promise you there's no other reason anyone's searching Oscar Gamble right now other than you guys. But see, people, also... are, people are Google searching Oscar Gamble right now to see what the heck we're talking about. Because no one knows who Oscar Gamble is except for a bunch of old guys talking sports. I think that if the Jackson 5 expanded, a lot of these conferences in football have been expanding, but if the Jackson 5 expanded, Mike Conley could be the sixth Jackson. You are on fire today. (laughs) The creativity flowing. You want nonsense, I'm your guy. Maximum performance. (laughs) Stop the love you say may be your own. Yeah, absolutely. There was nothing on late last night. <laughs> no World Series. Jazz game was done by the first quarter. NFL game was over by 930. Yeah, it was perfect. PK is at his <laughs> peak right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is peak performance. Wow. It's, you know what it is, Mr. Locke? It's just ABC. Easy as one, two, three. You're getting booed by Johnny Lightfoot right now, just so you know. He just booed you. Do-re-mi. <laughs> hey, guys, you ever have a problem, I want you to know. I'll be there. I'll be there. Well, that's right. what concerns me. Yeah. <laughs> just call my name. What other good things can I tell you about? How great it is to be back on the road and have interactions with players and know little stories and have things to share. Give us one little story you picked up on the road this year. What do you got? Boyan Bogdanovich has, last night, that was so great. Boyan Bogdanovich is walking out to do his warm-ups. He's, like, just strolling. Literally looks like he's, like, walking a European street. He's just chilling. He's got his little white cup filled with an espresso shot. And I said, Right before warm ups, every day, right before warm ups, have to have my espresso shot. So the Jazz travel with an espresso machine that's part of their like traveling group, traveling equipment. So they have their massage tables and all those things, and an espresso maker so that Joe and Boyan and their guys can have their coffee at the arena before games. 
tool. Come on. They've got huge. they've got everything they need on the road. They're what a pro life. sports at this point. <laughs> you got everything you need. Uh, when does the play by play announcer allowed to go in and have his coffee? Uh, after all after, the players. After they win a couple titles. <laughs> right. Then you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, that, that was a good let's I had that little tidbit for you. Um you know, probably the most interesting conversation on a more serious level since last night was Filipino Heritage Night that um, Jordan and I had a long conversation about his ability as a chameleon to kind of float in and out of different groups and different styles of people. And I mean, this is a guy who can hang in an L.A. nightclub and then be in an hour-long intellectual conversation with Quinn Snyder and then hang with Joe Ingalls and then go grab a van and sleep outside for two weeks after the season until he chills out. Like, he's and then go to the Philippines and like be a rock star. Like he's just able to. And we were talking about how his mixed race background has allowed him to do that. That, you know, he was really raised in multiple worlds growing up in a not great part of San Antonio. His dad was actually an auto detailer for like all the NBA players. So, you know, he'd see that world while living in a different world, yet at the same time raised under Filipino heritage and how he just had this kind of different life experience. And then we actually ran through the team and interestingly, that's somewhat of a consistent current through the team is this kind of living multiple race life or in and out of multiple races. So Donovan went to a predominantly white school. Rudy's a mixed marriage. Mike's in a mixed marriage. And then Jordan's like, then you add in that the other guys are all from different parts of the world. So, you know, we're talking about something and Boyan's got a far different perspective growing up in Bosnia-Herzegovina than... He would, then he did, then, and Joe from Australia is always asking me questions about things that, you know, are different of how things work and what the experiences are. And so Jordan says, you add all those things, and then the fact that everyone in the group has got a curiosity and a comfort level amongst them, um, and, and those conversations really, really flow. I think the interesting aspect of that is kind of back to where we started from a basketball standpoint, that you have this continuity that nobody else in the league has. I think it's maybe more prevalent in just their interactions, conversations, depth of who each other, how they know each other. Um, you know, it goes to Joe talking about the fact that now for three years, you know, he and Mike are dropping the kids off at school together at 8 o'clock every morning. And so I think that's a huge current that's driving through this team. But I do think it's uniquely there is a, a mixed race thread through this team that that I think adds to it. That's interesting. Something and obviously that I'm is, aware of with a with a half half and half kid. That is the key to all of our problems. Just get to know them, whoever them might be, and we'll all be good. Yeah, usually, or have, have ex- lack of exposure leads to fear and unknown, and that's a problem. We will leave it right there, David. You can go to Twitter and check out all the Oscar Gamble photos I have tagged you with during this interview. Oh, my God, you're a beautiful <laughs> human being. Padres, uh, let's see, San Diego, New York, because he's a Yankee, too, and in Cleveland. So there you go. I was a big Yankee fan as a kid. So, like, Oscar Gamble was really one of the most frustrating things I had as a child. And we paid him a buttload of money, and he was awful. <laughs> like, see, I was a sports talk show host as a kid. Like, I was, I, I used to get Yankee Magazine. How old am I? I used to get Yankee Magazine sent to me. And, like, like my wall was all sorts of Yankee posters. Um, my dad grew up in New York, and, you know, tried to brainwash his child. Um, <laughs> and Oscar Gamble, 
And Steve Kemp, very, very significant disappointments in my lifetime. <laughs> he had some good years. He just had them before he got to New York. He was, a, then, he was, he was like a 15-, 16-year pro. He, he had a career. He did, Our, except for those four years where he got yeah. paid. And gosh, you know what we probably paid him? I'll bet we paid him a million. Mm. At the time, outrageous, right? Outrageous. Yeah. He was like right. Dave Winfield. <clears throat> Thank you for that. All right, there's David Locke, his weekly visit. You will hear him Saturday and Sunday night. The Jazz and the Bulls Saturday, the Jazz and the Bucks Sunday on the Zone Sports Network. Thank you very much, David. All right, DJ and PK, stay with us. Coming up, we've got, uh, we'll update you on the, uh, the Utes, the Cougars, and the Aggies. A uh, somewhat to significant level of belief in these teams. Who should you really believe in? Who's going to win Saturday? And who might take the L? Two and one for the big three last week, PK. What will they do this week? We will get to that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's back-to-back home games for Utah State as Blake Anderson and the Aggies square off against Hawaii in Maverick Stadium. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at noon. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Will it be a scary Saturday, a scary Halloween to the local college football fans? Who will win? Who will lose? Who will prevail? Who will be vanquished? (laughs) Thank you, PK. Well timed. (laughs) It actually starts Saturday afternoon in Logan, and Halloween's never as scary in the daylight. The poll uh, question, Hawaii, Utah State, 220 votes, and 90% of the people are going with Utah State. I'm only surprised the point spread in this game isn't, isn't bigger, PK, and I, I attribute that to the fact that Utah State just hasn't been able to blow people out this year. Even people you think, well, they're much better than that team. UNLV would be a good example. They didn't blow them out. Did not. Went right no. to the end. A surprise, I would say. Right. But they should be able to blow out Hawaii, I would think. Hawaii's 1-3 on the road. They won at New Mexico State. Well... Utah State should be a lot better than New Mexico State, and we won't have to guess at that because they're going to play later this year. But Utah State's only a five-and-a-half point favorite. So, But as long as they win, they're 5-2 they're and two now, get to 6-2, and two, get to 4-1 and one in the Mountain West, and hold on to first place in the Mountain Division for another week. I'm going to go the margin 12. The over-under is set at 65 points, so you're thinking like a uh, – 35-23 game. What would that be? 68 points. 34-21. That'd be a 13-point game. That's what I'm thinking in that realm, yes. Maybe not even 21. Oh, really? That's a little surprising. 17-17-21 is what I was thinking for Hawaii, and then correspond that in the range of 12. So you get to that margin of 17-21. Yeah, or or as you said earlier, the 34-35 point deal. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii this year has uh, tended to play some higher scoring games. Uh, right. There have been a couple times they've gotten locked in. They lost to San Jose 17-13. That would be the low scoring game they've played. 
But they're, they're coming off a 48-34 game with New Mexico State at home. And it was 41-21 at New Mexico State. They were going up and down the field there. Their big win, they did beat Fresno at home. Fresno. Why beat Fresno, sure, Fresno. 27-24. That game. Yeah, that yeah, was, that that's, game, that's their big win. Yeah, no question. I, I think they're going to get a little loose with the ball, and Utah State's going to come up with uh, two or three turnovers that's going to thwart uh, Hawaii's attempt to run up some points. So that's where I'm going with that. That's my thought. All right, so who wins Saturday night in Provo? Bronco and the Cavaliers or Kalani and the Cougars? 62% for BYU. And the Utes and Bruins at 61.5% for the Utes. I do think BYU has a little advantage here, and a team's got to travel a long way and play at elevation. UCLA, at least they come up here once in a while, and they go to Colorado, too. It's not completely foreign to them, and they don't have to travel as far. But there's doubt in both of these games. We can absolutely construct a uh, storyline where both these teams lose. They're both favored, and they should be, but it's not a slam dunk in either case. I have more confidence in Utah winning, but I think BYU will win. Hmm. I have more confidence in BYU winning, and I think Utah will win. We can get into that in the 9 o'clock hour. we got tickets to give away to see Utah and UCLA. That's coming up at 9.30 as well. Right now, a reminder, we are broadcasting live from the Murdoch Auto Group. We're at their dealership in Murray, 4646 South State, Murdoch Hyundai, Salt Lake City, and they've got 2022 Elantras or Sonatas with up to a $1,000 bonus cash, and you can come reserve your brand-new 2022 Tucson or Santa Cruz today. They've got dealerships from Logan to Linden. They've got over 1,000 quality used vehicles. Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State, or you can go to the other Murdoch dealerships, Linden, Logan, Bountiful. Here in Murray today, we got a Salt Lake City Stars cap if you want to come by and pick that up. We've got some jazz t-shirts. We got, we got playoff t-shirts in October. I don't know if we got them from the last playoffs or from the next one, but either way, they're going to work. So stop by and help yourself. We've got, uh, we got some gold. we got some navy blue. Looks like we might have some black down at the far end of the table. So stop by 4646 South State. We will be here until 10 a.m. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.